And that's what I think people really want is they don't want this scary, skin-pulled, wind-blown, bizarro. (laughs) I I can't stand that look. Am I going to look weird? Am I still going to look like me afterwards? It's probably the most common question I get. Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Jay Calvert, and I am here today with Dr. Millicent Ravello once again. Millicent, how are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm really digging our new studio. What do you think? I love this new studio. It is pretty amazing, actually. It's banging. (laughs) We are in good shape here. Thank you, Mr. Kevin Connolly. Action Park. Action Park Media Studios in the heart of Los Angeles. And we are here today to talk about facelifts. That's right. Facelifts come in a lot of different shapes and sizes, but really what a facelift is to me is a jawline and neck lift because the facelift is really considered the part where we're lifting the jowls, Mm -hmm. getting the neck right, and getting the cheeks up in position, all done through incisions that are basically around the ear. Right. That's right. So how is that done? (laughs) Magic. It is kind of magic, it's kind though. Of magic. It is. No, no. You, you said it right. It's through incisions that are around the ear, sometimes up into the hairline, back into the hairline, towards the back, and through those, we are able to pull up that extra skin that hangs around the jawline, that hangs under the neck, and sort of rejuvenate the face. But it's done in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. The facelift is really not done by lifting the skin. It's done no. by lifting the SMAS, That's the right. superficial musculoaponeurotic system, yes. which is a thick coating over the muscles of the face. And we're able to lift that SMAS and it's like lifting you know, the, the anchoring parts of the face and bring up all the structures under underneath mm-hmm. and then redraping the skin with trimming off the excess so that it's not that pulled tight. Correct. I look scary look that everybody knows as a bad facelift. Right. So the tension of the facelift is taken off of the skin, which is exactly what you said. You pull that deeper layer up, that supporting layer. And then, yeah, the skin comes with it and it's tighter and you just redrape it where it wants to be. And by doing that, you get a much more natural look. And that's what I think people really want is they don't want this scary, skin-pulled, wind-blown, bizarro (laughs) Alien style, walking around, crazy like, ass, wind identify tunnel. it from across the room, facelift. Right. I, I can't stand that look. And that it is kind of a dated look. You know, I think that totally. older facelifts are the ones that tended to have more of that look when it really was a skin only facelift before we sort of knew what this mask was and how we could use it. So when you think of people who have those old school facelifts, that's the look that you're going to have, that soap opera from the 80s star. (laughs) It's just awful. (laughs) It's just so bad. So with my lifts, I tend to do a smash flap where I get under the smash, lift it up, dissect it all the way down towards the jowls, basically. And Mm -hmm. then I do a a continuation of that into the neck Mm -hmm. with the platysma muscle from the Latin word plati or derived meaning flat, which is a muscle of the neck that I like to really do a lot of work on mm-hmm. that really like the neck is my thing. I don't I don't like to lose in the neck. I want to gain big in you the neck. You make good necks. 
I love the neck. Good it, neck. Is, <clears throat> it is why people, I think, come in. It's why I'm going to go for a facelift. I can tell you that right now. That's it. Number one reason is when my neck just, it, it's already there. Like, I need somebody. <laughs> what are you doing tomorrow? I need some help. Get on um, the table. There we go. So when I do that, I lift all that up. And there's two ways that I do it. It's a smash flap. But I also like to do the deep, the deep plane facelift where you actually start the dissection of the smash after the parotid gland and get into the mobile smash, mm-hmm. which is what's the part that really pulls the jowl. Because right. people hate their jowls. They don't want to look like Droopy Dog. Nope, that's not why it, they're there. It is there. not the look that they're going for. <laughs> but when you do that, you get a very natural look, and then you can do the platysma work, the neck work from down below. And those two approaches, for me, have been the best. Other approaches are to do just a plication where you just start putting stitches into the smash mm-hmm. and trying to tighten it up. But I, I'm always unsatisfied with that. There's the plication and patients that I feel like don't need a whole lot of movement, just almost like a mini, mini facelift. Um, and that's mastectomies. I do like this mastectomies. I think it gets a little bit a good of a pull. One. That's yeah. basically where you're, well, because you're really connecting, uh, what that is is you cut out a strip of the SMAS, and this is kind of the Dan Baker-esque kind of approach where you take out a strip of the SMAS and bring it together and you're really moving that mobile portion yeah. and getting rid you're of You're getting the a jowl. bigger pull. It works. It's a great way. It's pretty straightforward. But I'm, I'm sort of like, I, for me, it's very artsy-fartsy to do the, <laughs> the SMAS and the deep plane. Those, those, to me, make the most sense. But that's just me. And everybody has a different way of doing this operation. One thing that I – the hallmark of my facelift is that people don't look pulled and weird. And I really – you know, and that's, I think, what I, most people, when they come for a facelift consult, they always say that, am I going to look weird? Am I still going to look like me afterwards? I, it's probably the most common question I get. Am I still going to look like me? Is it going to be a huge, dramatic change? And the answer is no. I mean, it shouldn't be a huge, dramatic change. You should look like you, but like you looked 20 years ago, you know, yeah. more rejuvenated. Rejuvenated, better, yeah. healthy, athletic, all those things. I think that it's... It's not easy to do, you know, and you have to take your time, and there's a learning curve with facelifts. At this point, I've done a lot of facelifts because I've been around a long time. And, uh, you know, it's good because at this age, when all my friends are getting old and saying, can you do my facelift, like I feel like I've got like a really, really reliable, you know, way of doing this procedure that just turns out great, you know, great results. And that's really what you want when you're doing this. You want somebody – in fact, I'm doing one on Friday. I'm going to be doing a – facelift on you know somebody that just you know they need it they got jowls they got neck laxity it's like it's not awful you know they look fine you know but with that facelift it's going to be off the chain totally excited about it well i think that brings up the next question right when do you get a facelift and i feel like the age is getting a little bit younger and younger than perhaps in previous years so what are your thoughts on on when someone should get a facelift I think you should get the facelift when you know that your face has changed and the signs of aging are now very evident on your on your look. Like when you take a picture, when you look in the mirror and you see things that are like, oh my God, I'm on my way to like looking like my parents, then it's time to jump in there. Now, if your parents have had multiple facelifts, then you may, <laughs> may be looking very different. But if you if you see the jowls coming in, you see the next neck laxity. If you see the signs, it's time to look. And like, quite honestly, for myself, it's causing me to like look around. Like, I I don't want to like I'm not going to go quietly into that good night and you know age out of this thing. I want to I want to have a great facelift by somebody. 
then I have to really think long and hard about who's got to, you know, get get that assignment. (laughs) (laughs) Because one of my friend's wives asked me the other day, she's like, oh, I'm really thinking about getting a facelift. And I went, not it. Because I was like, nope, you were too good of friends. And no, I'm not doing it. And, you know, you got to yell at somebody else. But, you know, it's like it's a big deal. It's very personal. And you have to look at the before and after photos and say, I like these results because that's that's That's, what's going to happen. That's what you're going to get. 100 percent. I mean, you got to look like I put them all up on my Instagram because I'm like, I want people to see this is what I think is a good facelift. You know, if you don't like this, then don't come to me. But if you like what you see here, then sign up because everybody's got a very specific look to what they do. You know, I'm sure you, you know, you have your own shtick when it comes to doing a facelift of things you like and things you don't like. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're going to do it individually. That's just the way it is. Right. So if you don't like the befores and afters and you don't like what that looks like, then that's that's not the surgery. That's not the place. <laughs> that's not the surgeon for you. <laughs> but, you know, most of my facelift patients come from other facelift patients because they look at their friend. They're yeah, like, yeah. I want oh, that. Oh, well, you have. Yeah. Like now I look yeah. like an old bag and you yeah. look amazing. So like who did that? I'm going there. It's and that's powerful motivation. <laughs> it is really tough. The, the competition level is it really is right? it's rough. Because like oh. breasts, you can kind of hide. Stomach, you can kind of hide. But your face, when your friend looks better than you. Oh, oh that's painful. <laughs> yeah, that's a zinger. <laughs> well, um, so how much time off do you think patients need to have a facelift? I would say it's surprisingly shorter than you would think. And uh, most patients think they're having a facelift. It's a big deal surgery, which it is. But they're always pretty surprised by how good they feel within a day or two. You know, they're not really that uncomfortable. And in terms of going back out into public life, a week or two, you know, once the bruising's gone away after a week or so, they're usually looking pretty good. Well, I always tell them it's about 10 days to two weeks. And it can be, it's not, it's not a week. I've had people do a week and they, they, with some, you know, incredible feats of makeup and turtlenecks, they can yeah, get yeah, it done. Yeah. But in general, 10 days to two weeks and the bruising goes down, all the stitches are out, then you can get back to, you know, looking decent. Right. I always send people for hyperbaric oxygen, too. That's a good one. I think that really takes, I, you know, there's no data to support it quite in plastic surgery, in aesthetic plastic surgery, but we do know that it's great in wound healing. So it makes sense that if you get hyperbaric oxygen, Wounds are going to heal faster. Swelling is going to go down. You have less less bruising and get back to your life sooner. I agree. I and that's been great. my experience. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those things are all, they all really count. And I think you have to be healthy to have a facelift. Obviously, oh, yes. you know, Please. you have to get worked up. If you're having this uh, operation from 45 to 60, which is when people really do it, uh, you know, when people come later too, but the first initial facelift is usually in that age range, mm-hmm. some a little earlier. Um you really need to go to get a full workup, make sure your heart and lungs are working right, get an EKG, labs, really take time to to make sure that you are healthy enough to have this operation. Right, to have general surgery for however many hours that you need to, and that your blood pressure is controlled, that you're not having any kind of weird out-of-whack labs that could cause bleeding or you know anything off the charts. For sure. And I think you know with all that information – then you can get into the operating room, know it's going to be very smooth and, and really the best kind of possible safety profile for this operation that you could have. There are complications of facelift. Mm-hmm. The most common is hematoma, where there's a bleeding under the skin flap, which needs to go 
you got to go back to the operating back. room, stop the bleeding, right. and drain it. That happens, in, depending on which report you read, 5 to 10% of the time. Right. And it's never a life-threatening bleeding, but it has a poor outcome on the surgery if you don't attend to it immediately. Right. You need to take care of it. Yeah. Um, the other things that happen, I always think there's a little bit of nerve weakness after a mm-hmm. facelift, various branches of the facial nerve yeah. that you know take a little time to bounce back. Uh, but in general, they're not permanent. They get better. Right. I've, I've seen very few. I've never, as far as I could tell, caused any permanent injuries to the nerves. But I've seen weaknesses. But there are people that do report permanent injury to their nerves. And it's th- been reported. Th- yeah, yeah, so for sure. And those are all risks that you kind of have to think about. The scars being visible, mm-hmm. um, contour irregularities that could come up if there's, you know, the stitches are visible under the skin. Th- yeah. Those things do happen. But in general, this is a great operation. Uh, I had one patient who did it, was taking the kids back and forth to school in seven days and just kind of said, by the way, this is not a big deal. <laughs> and I was like, well, not for you. <laughs> but she's like, no, seriously, like you need to tell your patients, like, get over it. This is a straightforward operation. It looks great. Got to get in, get out and get it done. And I, I do feel that way about it. I, I do so many so. of these yeah. that it's like, yeah, I mean, and like I said, I'm doing more and more as I get older and older. But uh, I do think that it is a pretty straightforward operation, especially in somebody who's who's experienced and can get these done in a reasonable amount of time and then heal up afterwards. I couldn't agree more. Do you like to use drains with facelifts? Because that is uh, yeah. always a question from patients. Will I have drains? I say, of course you will. I always use drains. They don't stay in long, you know. I take them out a in a couple day. days. Maybe two. Yeah, but it just for my peace of mind, I like drains. And in your experience, would you say that the patients should come for this operation sooner or later in terms of their like, well, I think I need to do this. Should they try to stave it off with fillers, Botox, lasers, do everything that they can yeah. to, to try to avoid it? Or when they see it, should they go do it? I think that earlier is probably better. You know, there is a kind of a, a certain age range, a sweet spot when fillers, Botox, lasers will work if you still have a decent amount of skin um Less skin laxity, I suppose. Good skin tone. But when you're getting to the stage where your skin has lost its elasticity, if you have the jowls or the neck, the the jawline is sagging, there's not much that you can do for that other than cut that extra skin out, do the facelift. And I do tell a decent amount of my filler patients that when they come in, I could sink $5,000 worth of fillers in you. But it's not going to make a big difference because your skin is falling off your face. You need to bring it back up where it belongs. And I think, too, if you do it when you're younger, when it's not such a dramatic change, I think the results are better, more natural looking than when you wait until your, you know, your skin's down to your chest. Then, yeah, that's going to be a big change. (laughs) Well, you look different. Yeah, you're going to look a lot different. (laughs) Well, uh, exactly. And I also think that, uh, that the results last longer when you do it earlier. Oh, I would believe that. Yeah. I think that if you get it done as you see this happening with better quality tissues, then you're going to have a, a longer lasting result. And I think it should be said, if you do your facelift younger, there's a higher chance you're going to have a second facelift in your lifetime. Well, that's true. You know? But but the results may hang around for 12. And like this is all time you're looking great. Yes. So it's like 
that's not yeah. a bad thing. <laughs> the fact that you like look great for 12 years instead of six or eight, right, right. and then you need the next one. Well, but you were looking great the whole time. That's good. That's, that's a, a good, good thing. thing. Right. And then you get the next one and you look great through that too. And I think that's why... Um, and that's kind of where I come in with this concept of, you know, really staying in touch with your plastic surgeon so that you have somebody that's of your same tenor, their same, your same kind of feel for what you want to do and when you want to do it. And if you have somebody that can carry you through that, well, you're going to get the most bang for your buck, number one. But number yeah. two, you're going to look awesome the whole time. The whole and that's time. really what people right. want. They want to have confidence. They want to feel good about themselves. And that, you know, that can really come with really good managed plastic surgery. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And there's nothing worse than going around looking older than you feel, you know? No, you want to you want to really want. feel it like it's life is good and that you you've have the confidence of looking in the mirror and knowing like, you know what, I look great today. <laughs> I'm looking for that confidence myself actually, but uh I'm working on it. Again, what are you doing tomorrow? All right, I'm I'm in. <laughs> well, I think we kind of covered that uh from a uh, very straightforward this is how you do the facelift standpoint if you guys have questions about it please direct message us uh, either through the instagram or through our websites uh millicent your website ravelloplasticsurgery.com yes i'm drcalvert.com just drcalvert.com and this is the beverly hills plastic surgery podcast coming to you from the 90210 the beverly hills plastic surgery podcast is brought to you by rock spa this is MediSpa, located both in Beverly Hills and Newport Beach, providing services such as Botox, fillers, lasers, and all therapy, as well as hydrofacials and all the aesthetic products you could possibly need. It's run by the medical director, me, Dr. Jay Calvert. RockSpa Beverly Hills is located at 120 South Spalding Drive in Suite 340, Beverly Hills, 90212. The phone number there is 310-777-0496. And Roxbaugh Newport Beach is located at 1617 West Cliff Drive, Newport Beach, California, 92660. The phone number there is 949-644-1111. You can go to their respective websites, RoxbaughNewportBeach.com or RoxbaughBeverlyHills.com. Rockspa was created to help my patients maintain their aesthetic beauty in between whatever operations they have throughout their lives. It's something that allows patients to come in, get their facials, skin treatments, take care of all the Botox fillers and lasers that they need to keep up their beauty. And if they've invested in any of the aesthetic operations I perform, it's the way to maintain those operations. If you mention this podcast you will get the member's pricing for your hydrofacial. The Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast is the way that Dr. Ravello and I talk about the issues that are important to us in plastic surgery, but there's nothing better than getting to take care of our patients and do plastic surgery. Our practices are located in Beverly Hills, and I also have a satellite office in Newport Beach. If you'd like to get more information about our actual plastic surgery practices, you can take a look at my practice at drcalvert.com and Dr. Ravello. Ravelloplasticsurgery.com. My phone number is 310-954-1355, or you can contact us directly through the website, ravelloplasticsurgery.com. You can learn about my practice at drcalvert.com 
And you can reach my office by calling 310-777-8800. And that will get you an appointment either in Beverly Hills or at the Newport Beach office. My practice is located in Beverly Hills. Our office phone number is 310-954-1355. You can also contact us directly through the website, which is rovelloplasticsurgery.com. We look forward to seeing you in the office for some aesthetic tune-ups.